0: Jalen Rose, I'm David Jacoby. We are Jalen Jacoby. What is it that want we to do? People? Oh, oh, they
1: they want. Want.
0: Of course, we will celebrate the career of Serena Williams later on in the program, but we start with some new news about something we've been talking about for months, and of course, that is the relationship between Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. There was a meeting between Nets owner, Joe Sy, and that man, Easy Money Sniper, in London. And the results of that meeting have now been confirmed. I did not expect this. Kevin Durant said, it's either me, or it's Sean Marks and Steve Nash. If you want me to play for you, head coach Steve Nash and general manager Sean Marks got to go. I did not expect that to be the results of this meeting. Jalen, I can't imagine a world in which Joe Sy says, you know what, KD, you're right. You're a great basketball player. I'm gonna fire the head coach and the general manager. <laughs> he put this tweet out there basically confirming that he said, but at the end he says, we will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. Who is the we? Is it you and Sean Marks? Is it you and Kevin Durant? Is it you and your wife? Mr. Rose, <laughs> I know you know all about this. You've had some time to synthesize this information since it's been reported what is your reaction
1: you love drama so much you just so I do. excited I you're get so fired enthusiastic up over the about this <laughs> I feel like what did ODB say shame on you when you step through too Brooklyn Sue that's literally what this is becoming however, if you're the Nets don't panic didn't you say they met in London yes is that what I did. you said that's okay, deal. so that means we're international. We got our passports out. You know what I'm saying? We, 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 we on different soil. So that means when we meet, you get the unfiltered version. Mm. It's almost like little kids and the elderly. You know, that this unfiltered. And so you get a chance to sit down with that guy, the easy money sniper. And you've been avoiding the meeting for days and weeks. Because you know what he want to talk about. So it's like, well, you're going to be in New York? Well, I'm going to be in uh, London. You know what? I'm going to be there, too. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be there, too. And here's what I'm going to tell you, sir. I'm going to ignore the fact that we're the only team that didn't win a playoff game and that I'm the person that wanted Steve Nash and I'm the person that teamed up with Kyrie and we're the people that recruited James Harden to come play in Brooklyn. So now, if you're the Nets, you mortgaged all of these things, and rightfully so, to keep your superstar happy. And you know what he did to reward you, Jacoby? He signed a contract extension. Yep. And wake me if I'm wrong. Is it the longest you can sign an NBA deal four years? You
0: no, know, you can five sign for years? five. You signed sign for five, but he signed for the longest that he could possibly sign given his situation.
1: Thank you. So my point exactly. So in other words, in NBA terms, he just signed this contract last night. He got four years left on this deal. And you know what I would tell that all-time great player, one of the 12 or 15 best basketball players to ever do it, one of the two or three best players in the league right now that just saw the Golden State Warriors win the championship without him. And I know he's gonna be as inspired as any team in the league. Kyrie's still under contract, Ben is still under contract, Joe Harris, Claxton, they all still under contract. You know what I'll tell the Easy Money Sniper? I'm not gonna be able to do it!
0: That's what what I will tell the Easy Money Sniper. You really see a world in which Kevin Durant does not play basketball for the Brooklyn Nets because Steve Nash is the head coach, because Sean Marks is the general manager. And there's also, don't forget this, he demanded this trade 48, around 48 hours after it was announced that Kyrie Irving was picking up his option, which meant that the Brooklyn Nets were not going to invest in Kyrie Irving long term. This feels like his allegiance to Kyrie Irving is really affecting his relationship with the Nets. And also, this meeting went down in London, and he was in London with who? James Harden and (laughs) Travis Scott. What do you think him and James Harden were talking about? Do you think James Harden and him were talking about how great it was playing for Steve Nash? Do you think him and James Harden were talking about how great it was that Kyrie stood by and didn't get vaccinated? And how he stood by his convictions? (laughs) <laughs> so they're hanging out together. They're not celebrating the Brooklyn Nets franchise. James Harden is saying, I'm so happy I'm not with that team anymore. And Kevin Durant says, you know what, Josiah? Come fly with me. Meet me after the concert. And I'm going to tell you whether you have to fire everybody or I ain't playing. I, I and- can't. I, I don't even see where this goes from here. Like, where does this go from here?
1: And, and the crazy thing, Jacoby, is it's like a soap opera as the offseason turns. So a couple of years ago, I know you're old enough to remember, James Harden used to be a member of the Houston Rockets. Yep. And then all of a sudden, he was working out and playing ball with KD and or Kyrie, shows up at training camp out of shape and tells them he want to get traded. Mm-hmm. And I just told you the other day, find you a friend that's as loyal as KD. Because let me tell you something, if I was KD and we brought James Harden to Brooklyn, and he quit on the team the way he did, and it ended up me getting swept in the first round, being the only team to not win a game, watching Kyrie watch Boston go to the finals, me watching the Warriors win the championship, and then now I want to get traded. These are all residual effects of adding James Harden to the situation. And I'm gonna say this out loud for the people in the back. I've been traded 150 times in the NBA. You get poked, you get prodded, you get MRIs, you get physicals. How did Ben Simmons pass a physical? David Jacoby, please, like, and, and so the reason why I bring this up is because that dynamic right there is the difference between hard and actually getting moved or not. Yeah. And so when you acquire a player that doesn't play a game, It ends up having not finger surgery, back surgery. It tells me how did he even pass a physical. And so for KD, Jacoby, he looks at his situation. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to get on the bin. Steve Nash isn't Kerr. I want out of here. But he got a four years left on his deal. So if I'm the ownership, if I'm everybody that's come on this show, we've asked. Jerry Stackhouse, Mark Jackson, um, Styles P, Lloyd Banks. It don't matter who you ask. You know what they all say? I ain't trading KD. Well,
0: hold, hold on.
1: I, I did, ain't trading KD.
0: I did love the fact that Lloyd Banks was like, I'm a Knicks fan, so I don't care what they do. They can go ahead and trade them. That doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> Shout out to Lloyd Banks. But like, also, don't forget this. They're like, okay, you guys want us to bring in DeAndre Jordan? Sure. They pay him a bunch of money. You want us to fire our coach and bring in Steve Nash, your guy? Sure, we'll do that. You want us to trade our entire young core and future to bring in James Harden? Sure, we'll do that. And then after all of those things happened, KD's like, all right, now you got to find a general manager and the head coach. <laughs> <laughs> like, what else do you need them to do, KD? Why well, don't they just show up and play basketball?
1: Why not? Well, here's the thing. And you know how much I love Steve Nash, my former teammate, and Sean Marks, their GM. So my relationships are intimately close to this conversation. And what I will say, Jacoby, is this. The investment was KD signing long term. Once he signed long term, you now in position to say to him, I did all of those things to make you happy. And you rewarded me by signing your contract. So therefore, I'm not going to move you because you're too good. Unless they're going to trade Giannis or Luca or something substantial that I see as an all NBA player. I'm just not moving the greatness that is the easy money sniper.
0: Something tells me this won't be the last time that we address the KD and Nets relationship, but we want to address the team across the river, the New York Knicks. At Pro City, in the Bronx, Jalen Brunson, OB Toppin, and Julius Randle all came together to play in the Pro City. By all accounts, everybody played well. Toppin had 24, I think. I think it was Randle, Brunson had 23. They all looked good playing together. However, Mr. Rose, they did lose by 13. They didn't lose by 13. Wow. So, listen, I'm glad they came together, showed out for the city, allowed children to come see them for, play for free. That's great that they did that. But they played against a team that was more of a team than them. Is it a big deal that they lost the game by 13 points?
1: It is a big deal anytime you lose and your squad has three current pro players on it. As somebody that's been in that situation, as a pro player, as a non-pro player playing against active players, Y'all shouldn't be getting waxed by 13, that's one. Especially since you can't, and you're the pickup rec league expert. And if you can't name who they were playing against, that's a huge problem for them.
0: Well, by all accounts, this gentleman by the name Jordan Washington from Queens put some buckets up on him. But Jalen, when I am the rec league expert, but my rec league don't look like that. No, I'm, I'm 44 years old. My rec league don't look like that. But Jalen, hold on. We're gonna move on from this story because I have some sound from the Detroit Lions practice.
2: No! from
0: One of the greatest personalities in sports today, Jamal Williams, here he is breaking down the huddle for the Lions, and this man makes me want to run through seven brick walls.
2: Jamal Williams, break it up. Bring it up, bring it up. i to let y'all know, man, today is the minimum of effort. Do not give up, do not feel like you are tired. Were you tired? Think of last year, and think of that f-ing record. Every time I get tired, or I think I can't go no more, I think of that record. Last year wasn't it. That ain't us. We can make it. Have some heart. I get emotional about this, I'm about to cry, because I care about y'all. Do your best, let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Jalen,
0: right. ah. you, said, you said they were going 13 and four? You said they were going 13 and four, they're going 17 and ah. 0. They're going 17 and 0. I love I love that so much. That that alone. Think about our record last year. And he starts getting emotional. That had
1: me feeling like that had me believing in the Detroit Lions. You heard Ice Cube, you got to believe something. Why not believe in me? Here's the thing, Jacob, I want to point something out to you that's really important. For all of our supporters, Jalen and Jacoby's gonna give you the best NFL college football coverage in the national media this year. As a matter of fact, guess where I just came from, Jacoby? Where's guess that? where I just came from? Where's that? Detroit Lions practice. And yes. I had my hand in that same huddle yes. today, with my head coach Dan Campbell leading the way, and my guy, you better not call him golf. That he he's too good to be golf. He's Jared Montana. It. I we're in number 16 on the, center, up, and on the center, dropping up, dimes. The we off. got speed on the outside. Aiden Hutchinson getting up the field. What's this for is gonna breakfast? Be Kneecaps. Season.
0: What's for lunch? Kneecaps. What's for snack? Kneecaps. Ah! What's for dinner? Kneecaps. Jalen, who is joining us in just seconds on this very program?
1: His posse's on Broadway, and he represents New York to the fullest. Kenny Anderson, the smooth, silky lefty and head coach of Fisk University, joins Jalen and Jacoby next.
0: We always say we give the people what they want. Part of that is putting our full interviews with our guests on the podcast exclusive. This is our interview, with Kenny Anderson. Coming to you live from the Seaport in New York City and brought to you by Chase. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen Rose, who is joining us right now in the program. A
1: legend, an OG, an NYC point god, Broadway, and the head coach of Fisk University, Kenny Anderson joins Jalen and Jacoby. Thank you for joining us, family.
2: Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. I wanted to come on y'all's show for the longest. I, you know, <laughs> Jalen, you played in the lead, so I, you know, I know you. But Jacoby, y'all do it. Y'all do a, Y'all a great team together.
0: Thank you, great family. Team. Appreciate that. Uh, appreciate you. I appreciate you watching our show. But I was watching your show. We both watched NYC Point Gods, and you represented. What was that project like, and why was it so important for you to be a part of it?
2: Well, it, it's important to to be a part of it because I'm from New York, and um, you know all the point guards before me, Mark uh, Mark uh, Jackson, Kenny Smith, Pearl Washington, Rod Strickland, those are the guys I looked up to that I wanted to make it. And, and there's so many of us that didn't make the, the cut. It's just so many. You can't... New York ball is, is awesome, man. You have Boo Harvey, you got Kenny Patterson, Kenny Hutchinson. Those guys, it just, it's just too many of us to make it. Kenny...
1: As somebody that was the number one high school player, an NBA All-Star, and now a head coach, one of the things that fascinated me about your story is realizing that you won player of the year and you weren't playing in the first quarters. (laughs) So can you talk about that part of your career as it developed you into the player you became, the sacrifices and the discipline you had to have, knowing you was the top dog? but you were not even playing in the first quarter.
2: Well, that that comes from playing for a great coach, Jack Curran, who, um, you know, I made the varsity team as a freshman. I was so happy. I ran home. I told my mentor, my mom, I made the varsity. It didn't matter if I started or not. I I just was happy my first year that I made it on the varsity team, and um, everything went from there. I remember uh, playing in the championship game against Time High School as a freshman when I won the MVP uh, trophy. That That's when my career took off. I was 15 years old. And um, it just was awesome going to Archbishop Malloy, not just playing basketball, but just you know, the teachers, the just just learning about life in general. Being from the hood, coming to a school like that, kind of it was... It brought me up differently.
0: You played at Georgia Tech. You played for so many years in the league. You're now a head coach at Fisk in Tennessee. What is it about New York City basketball players that sets them apart from players from other parts of the country and the world?
2: Well, I, I, you know, I just think it's the, first of all, it's the ball handling skills. You know, we we, we can handle the ball. We can handle the ball. We, we wasn't known for our jump, jump shot. And that's where Kenny Smith came in and I came in mid-range, Pearl Washington, Rod Strickland, real clever around the basket, Mark Jackson. Um, so it just, it's our charisma. And guys just play from, from sun up, sun down. You, you have to be in the playgrounds playing ball because that was our way of, you know, getting out of trouble, staying out of trouble. I think
1: when people talk about New York City point guards and jump shots, I think that's getting over-dramatized. Here's why. Because you guys did something then that most players don't do right now. And that's play outside. But anybody that's ever played outside, (laughs) you ain't trying to shoot no long-range Larry Bird jump shot when it's point game. I don't
2: care how good you shoot. No, you're absolutely correct. (laughs) God point game. You could, you if you win, you if you lose, you're not playing for four or five (laughs) games. So you had to stay on. So, so it, it was it was crazy. It was crazy the playground. But you learned the physical physical. Every people tripping you, bust your lip, going for the left. It was crazy. You had to fight. Yo, growing up in the playgrounds, it made you a tougher basketball player. Period.
0: Well, I I think one of the reasons that people talk about New York City point guards not having jump shots, it comes down to two words. Double rims. When I see the double rims at the park, I'm I'm, done. I'm done. I'm not shooting outside of 15 feet when I see the double
2: rims. Yeah, double rims. uh, I don't know what it, double rims, single rims. We wasn't shooting no jump shots back then. We was trying to get (laughs) to the basket, the cup, make the, 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 the nice assist. And that was it. Layups, left, right hand layups. And then we started, you know, observe, I observed Kenny Smith. You know, that's when he could shoot the ball, man. He could fly down the court and he had a jump the big dump on you and all kind of things. So when he started hitting the jump shot, I wanted to practice that. You know, I knew I needed a jump shot to go far in, in the lead.
1: But what about your flavor too? Like as somebody that was younger than you, that looked up to you, that looked up to Le- Lethal Weapon 3, that looked up to UNLV. I couldn't wait to go cut that part down the middle of my head. So talk about yeah. that part of your evolution, not only as a player, but as a yeah. style icon.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I. I. and this is where I got to be honest. Uh, Larry Johnson, you know, he started it. You know, I seen the part in, his mid- in the middle of his head, and I brought it out and everybody wanted to part in the middle in New York and everything like that. So, you know, it was it was just, you know, iconic, you know, just to see everybody you know change the way you you know you view you view me as a as a as a person and then as a ball player. So, it was it was it was great, man, you know, just the culture, the culture of the game growing up in New York was all ice pearl washer used to come to the game for me coach mm. take it off you know it was just music the the, the boom boxes it, it was just and then he would just go to work on you go to work so you just that flash that flash you had to have it growing up in New York well
0: we're celebrating New York City point guards and right now the New York Knicks have a new point guard Jalen Brunson and they're also rumored to yeah. be after Donovan Mitchell do you think the Knicks should trade some of their young players and draft assets to bring in
2: Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, they got to trade everybody to bring them in. They they got to win. They, yeah. they, they got to win now. They haven't won in so many years. And New York is, is is begging for a winner. So whatever you have to do to get Donovan Mitchell, that's what you do. I, 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 that's what you do. If I'm the GM at this time, it's you know they haven't been that uh, good since Patrick Ewing. Since the uh, the Pacers, the Pacers mm-hmm. beat them. You know, um, it's just different. You know, um, I'm a, I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan. You know, so the Knicks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was gonna ask you about that. I'm As Brooklyn somebody, Nets man. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that because <laughs> one of the most storied history, one of the most storied times in the history of the Nets is when you and my brother Derek Coleman and Drazen Petrovic yeah, and yeah. all of you guys were balling. So I have to ask you. If you were the Nets and you had KD for the next few years under contract and Kyrie for this year, what would you do?
2: You know, I saw KD at the premiere. He, he he didn't want to hear me, but I, I wouldn't move none of them. I'll tell them none of them. And, 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 <laughs> none of them. I wouldn't trade them. Just, just play and we'll figure <laughs> it out later. <laughs> we'll figure it out later. <laughs> this is this is crazy to me, but they don't want to hear from me. I'd be like, "Yo, you just gotta sit down and play. Exactly, and you just gotta work." That's basically what I would say or do, you know. Yes. so
0: agreed. It, it, the, agreed.
2: Lead, the lead with the money, the money and the, the 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 way guys get in there, they can talk now, they can trade themselves. It's, mm-hmm. it's big when we was when we was in the league. It's a lot different. Yep.
0: You've influenced so many basketball players with your style of play, but who were your major influences when you were coming up?
2: Oh, my, ma- my major influence, Tiny Archibald, uh mm. Rod Strickland, uh Mark Jackson, Kenny Smith, uh Pearl Washington was the was the leader. You know, he everybody wanted to be Pearl. He's just was a great point guard, and he—I I wish he would have had a longer career in the NBA, but he didn't. He really performed in high school, school, and college. He was just a—I
1: love Pearl, a legend, an OG. He's actually been on our show, and we made sure we paid salute to him as we talk about point guards and handles outside of New York City. No New York City point guard. I'm about to ask you a list. Who are the top five... Who have the top five handles? The handles. Top five handles of all time. You can include current players if you want. But none of the point guards. Nobody that was in the movie. You can include current players, but
2: all time best handles. Well, number one for me is Tim Hardaway. You know, Mm. he gave me fits. Tim Hardaway is... He's just awesome. Uh, then I'm going to go with Kyrie Irving. You know, Kyrie from Jersey. He, he was just awesome. Uh, Steph Curry. Steph Curry is he, a, a handler. Damon Lillard can handle the rock extremely mm-hmm. well. can shoot three. Uh, it's just so many. Uh, let me see. The lead now. Uh, Kevin Johnson, back in the days of Phoenix. Ooh. He can handle Mark Jacks, uh, Mark, uh, Mark Price. Mm. Can so, you got a lot of point guards, man, that can really control the game with their ball handling the skills. Um, yeah, who, it, was a, it was a bunch of guys, but those are the, the few that I remember. Dope,
0: dope. So, I remember watching you play, and... In- you got a lot of buckets, but a lot of your buckets also yeah. came from the mid-range jump shot. Something that's yes. sort of like, yeah. has been sort of filtered out of the league. How do you feel about the way that the mid-range is sort of a lost
2: art? Yeah, it's a loss because of the three-pointers. Everybody's shooting threes, not in between. Just lay the, ball, you know, lay the ball up or shoot three. But mid-range game is... uh is extremely important to your game. I, I think Chris Paul, dude I forgot the ball handling skills, Chris Paul is yep. really nice, but he has the mid-range game to a science, to a mm-hmm. science. He's he's extremely built for it. He's doing, he's he, he one all-time greats. Absolutely.
1: And also while teams and players are shooting more threes, I think what gets lost with players like Kyrie and Steph in particular, is not only their ball handling, but something that I loved about you, I loved about Rod, how you guys, smaller guys, finish at the hoop, yeah. jump off both feet, finish with yeah. both hands. So just talk to young players about getting towards the basket and all of the time and energy and sacrifices you were taking in order to finish around the hoop.
2: Yeah, that's the body control is number one. Two, getting to the hole and, and using your weak hand. You know, practicing in the gym on your weekend. I'm left-handed, so many nights I, you know, at the gym I had to work on finishing with the right. But well, Rod Strickland was the best at it. You know, finishing to the basket with finger rolls, reverses. He was just so sweet with it. And that's that. that, that takes time, but if you practice, you'll you, you'll get it. You stay in the gym practicing using your left and your right hand. It's awesome.
0: You're the head coach at Fisk University. How rewarding do you find the challenge of sort of guiding these young men both on and off the court?
2: It's very it's very rewarding, but it's very difficult because NAIA school, Fisk University, black school. Um, but I love coaching there to give those guys my wisdom, not just on the court, but off the court. And it's made me a better person. Basketball is one thing. But being a coach at Fish University made me a better person, better human being. And I know, far as co- I, I know the game of basketball, but it, it takes a, it takes a while to to get it on this level, the level that I'm on, uh, the the mentality of it. And uh, if I get those guys going down the right path, we'll, we'll we'll become winners. Maybe not wins and losses on the on the court, but in life. And that's what I'm trying to teach those young men. Absolutely,
1: and I love you, my brother. I'm forever grateful for everything you have brought to the game, your influence on me individually. And if we get an opportunity, we would love to bring our show to your school to celebrate what you're doing. So if you get an opportunity, let's schedule that, please. It would be an honor.
2: Yeah, definitely, man, that'd be great. And I remember you with the Michigan Fab Five, the Long Shorts, the white, yo, it was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> Thank you, it family. It was crazy. Appreciate I, it you. It was crazy. Yeah. Look, much love always, and thanks for having me on. Always.
1: We bringing the show to fists this season.
2: Yes, yes. That'd be awesome.
1: Love.
0: Appreciate you so much. Kenny Anderson, love. we will be back with more. You're love. watching Jalen and Jacoby. Look at this doubleheader on ABC on Sunday. It all starts at 1 p.m. You are not going to want to miss it. WNBA action. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen Rose. As the WNBA season transitions into playoffs, still without Brittany Griner, she is still detained in Russia.
1: Wrongfully detained. Over 170 days. So we here at Jalen and Jacoby just wish her a speedy, safe return to the United States.
0: Jalen Rose, Serena Williams has announced that this U.S. Open will end her tennis career. She is absolutely undisputed goat of tennis. Jalen, your thoughts on this announcement?
1: How about this, family? Not just of tennis, but when you start talking about the best to ever do it in all sports, she's going to be mentioned. Tom Brady in football. Michael Jordan in basketball. Serena Williams in tennis. Tiger Woods in golf. She's a part of that pantheon of all-time greats. Always handled herself with class, with elegance, and dominance. It was a joy, and it's still a joy, to not only watch her perform on, um, while playing tennis, but also how she handles herself as a humanitarian.
0: Yes, through criticism in the media, through criticism from fans, just through her entire life. I remember when the Williams sisters came on the scene, they were so young. And then to watch them now, she is a mother, she's a sister, and she's a role model for all of us. Big shout to Serena. She deserves all the flowers that she's going to be getting. We'll Thank be back you. tomorrow You're ESPN too 2 time. at 4. I want to thank Kenny Anderson for coming on the show. Uh, we always say we give the people what they want, so we can't leave without doing a voicemail. If you call 985-80-Jalen, 985-80-Jalen, you can leave us a voicemail, and we'll put it on the show just like this.
2: What up, Jalen and Jacoby? Shout out, Reg. This is Phil, calling from New Jersey. I got a cultural original for you guys. Marifluwip. Marifluwip, cultural or regional? I look more like Jalen, and I grew up only eating Marifluwip. The only thing my family What my parents used mayo for was they put it on their dreadlocks and they wrapped it up. And that was it. That was, mayo was just for hair. So, and all my friends that look like Jacoby, they think Miracle Whip is disgusting. So, that's my cultural regional, Miracle Whip. Medicinal, keep getting them checked, keep giving the people what they want. Peace.
0: Big shout to Phil, New Jersey. Cultural Regional Miracle Whip.
1: I would say it's cultural. And the reason why I understand, I'm really good friends with uh, Charlemagne the God.
0: Shout out to Charlemagne the God.
1: I need to get him on the show. And we had this same conversation. And he hates Miracle Whip and he hates people like me who like Miracle Whip. And talking to him, I had a revelation, Jacoby, mm-hmm. of why I like Mayo and Miracle Whip so much. It used to be dinner. I literally used to eat mayonnaise sandwiches. I ate mayonnaise sandwiches for years. Now, they tasted much better every now and then when you have some Spam to put on it. Fried Spam, well done. Or bologna, you cut the slits in it. I don't do salami. Salami's nasty.
0: Salami's delicious, but bologna bologna sandwich it, it, you gotta have a bologna sandwich. You know, what? I don't make enough bologna sandwiches for my kids.
1: Yeah, you gotta got, make more bologna sandwiches. I gotta make some more bologna melt, sandwiches melt for my kids. But let me tell you, let me tell you something about being poor. I knew I had pride because I was not eating salami and I was not eating the ends of breads. You give me a loaf of bread, I ain't eating the ends, dog. No, oh, I'll eat the ends. I ain't eating the
0: ends. Oh, I'll definitely eat I'm the
1: ends. I'm good. End. I'm good. Definitely eat the ends. I'll starve. I've done it. Trust me. And I lived that life. And let me just tell you something. Mayo was something that I would just put on every sandwich. And then it was something you would put on the bread when you didn't have any meat. So to me, it was it happened in reverse. So it wasn't like I was eating a hamburger with ketchup and mayo and lettuce and da da da. The mayo was always consistent
0: you started start adding things as you got more money. Yeah. Exactly.
1: The mayo the, the mayo was the main dish, you know what
0: I'm saying? So <laughs> to you dress know, I up do, the bread. So you know I do a, a, a podcast called Food News with Julie Liman, you can check that out on the Ringer check Food Network. Check that out. Check that um so Richard Petty, the 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 king, I believe they call him, the NASCAR the driver. The king,
1: the driver.
0: He came out with a sandwich that was just mayo and tons of black pepper. And we recreated it and tried it. It was delicious. And it brings me to this. For some reason, those two flavors need to combine in my sandwich. So if I was poor as Jalen Rose, which I was not, I could do a mayo sandwich but I put a lot of black pepper on there. If I have mayonnaise-based coleslaw, a ton of black pepper. If I have a post Thanksgiving Friday afternoon turkey sandwich with mayo, tons of black pepper. I just, I just always need lots of black pepper when I use mayo on anything. Bologna sandwiches, salami sandwiches, turkey sandwiches, tuna tuna fish salad. Love it. But I do have to agree with you. Miracle Whip is generally cultural. I would say, and again, it's also the economic thing. You know what I mean? Miracle Whip is just basically cheaper mayonnaise. That's all it is. You know what I mean? It's just fake mayonnaise is cheaper. I looked up Miracle Whip while you were talking and it says right here on Wikipedia, it was developed as a less expensive alternative to mayonnaise in
1: 1933. Boom. So there you go. Boom. Do you know? But overarching, just so you know, I'll eat like a boiled egg, extra pepper to your point. Just drop it in the mail. You know, just dab it in
0: there. See Jalen, you can't. A couple things you can't put on a menu and expect Jalen not to order it. Number one, deviled eggs. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter time of day. It doesn't matter where we are. If they're on a menu, they're coming on the table. Might, he might just not even eat them. He just likes them around. That, 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 deviled eggs is basically taking the yolk and adding mayo to it and some cumin. Correct. You know, Jalen, for some reason, I've, been, I've adopted that as well. And sometimes when I'm with other people in mixed company, I'll order devil's eggs. People are like, what are you doing? It's like, it's like, I ordered like buffalo wings and deviled eggs. They're like, what are you doing? This is insane. I'm like, I don't know. I just, it's, just, it's just something that I do, you know? Uncle Jalen does it. It's just something that I do. But oh, man. You see, a couple things You that remember at to South Seaport,
1: on. we used to order breakfast those mornings, and I used to always order hard-boiled eggs. And Kayla yeah. and you and all of us sitting on the end and touch the whole crew, and y'all used to be looking at me like, why has he got that mayo with them eggs? And I'm like, yeah. ain't nothing but deviled eggs. That's all that, it is. Yeah. I
0: mean, yeah, I, I dip in the I forgot about that dip in the mayo in the eggs. Using that a lot. But I will say this though. I order hard boiled eggs from very auspicious sources, like the <laughs> coffee carts. I always get them there. There's a bodega from the bodega. I get them there. Sometimes I'm like, where did y'all boil these eggs? Shout out to Miracle Whip. Shout out to our caller, Phil. Shout out to Kenny Anderson. We will be back tomorrow. Why is that, Jalen? Appreciate Anthony the Rose. love.
1: Thank you to the Detroit Lions for showing me love today. Head coach Dan Campbell and my quarterback number sixteen, Jared Montana. I might put down five thousand for him to win MVP this year. How about that?
0: Uh-huh. Donate that to Jalen Rose Leadership Academy. LADetroit.com.
1: We're not done. We're not done. I can't stand you. We are. Not
2: done. Got to give the people, now. Give people-